swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We put up gameplay videos for you and pleasure. I got I got some treats up there for that ass. And then you can also go to Twitter. Yes. And my control issues is the handle. I forgot what Twitter was for a hot second, but you know what? I remembered. <laughs> AFC, how you living? Living well, living well. Um, fresh off of actually we're, we're recording this on Mother's Day. Um, but I got all got all my in-house stuff taken care of. Now I just gotta go see my mom later, take care of her, and then I'll I'll, I'll have fulfilled all my Mother's Day duties. Um, other than that, not much else going on. Preparing for mm-hmm. eventually watching Doctor Strange. Already hearing good things about it. I watch it all my setup for that, so I'll be good there. Gonna watch it next weekend. So hopefully, a little more of this uh, Phase Four or whatever this is. This next phase of Marvel will start to like come into play. And then um, maybe some new characters will be introduced. Who knows? How about yourself, yes. Adele? How, how you been? Hey, chilling. Just, you know, getting, I, I don't even know the, the expression with working away at the grindstone or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. You know, i very disappointed in myself that I didn't realize that the Netflix is a joke comedy festival was going on and I missed out on everything. And it, it sucks because... I was trying to go see Elijah Schlesinger back when the Netflix is a joke festival first came around, which was at the same time COVID shut the world down. I was like, when the festival comes back, I'm going to be out there in these streets wearing my new shoes and shit. And yeah, I missed the whole thing. So I'm sad about that. However, you know, living my life, everything's still going, still going good. I, I don't want to purchase No Way Home and I don't want to rent it online. I would very much like it if it came to one of the streaming services that I already have. So I'm a Marvel movie behind and with Doctor Strange out, I know that that's eventually coming to some streaming platforms that I have. So I'm going to have to do something. However, in the meantime, I do plan on watching Moon Knight now that 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 uh, that season is done. And then I think um, the last episode of Winning Time just aired for this current season. So I'm going to probably watch that as well. And yeah, uh, Christina P has a new comedy special on Netflix that I started earlier, but I'm going to start it over and watch that. They say it's her third, but she only has two on Netflix, which I find weird. So 
maybe it's a typo or maybe I'm just missing some Christina P in my life. However, that's what's going on with me. AMC, what am I playing? <laughs> what are you playing, A-Dub? Let's get into <laughs> it. What I have finished playing, or what I should say, what I have finally completed, the epic journey spanning nearly 170 hours at level 200. I think I finished at level 205, maybe 206. L Din Ring. Yes. This morning, this morning, I I finally did it. I, I reached the end. I I got got it, chose my ending. <laughs> Went with well, I'm not gonna spoil that, but yeah, chose my ending and decided, you know, it was a fantastic journey. I mean, from beginning to end. Elden Ring just stands as the shining example of what game design is and dare I say should be. Like I'm not I'm not gonna go as far as to say every developer. Everything needs to be Elden Ring. (laughs) Everything needs to be Elden Ring, but no. While everything doesn't need to be exactly a carbon copy of Elden Ring, I feel Elden Ring possesses such not even possess like it possesses extremely well-made elements, but it's one of those whole is the greater than some of its parts situations where I think there's something developers can take from every aspect of Elden Ring while also embracing the, the broader scope of the game in that even the things that people complain about individually, it all comes together to make a masterpiece of an experience. So, you know, it's, you have those developers who were, they, they had some choice words about Elden Ring. Like my, my whole career is a lie user, user experience and graphical interface <laughs> and optimization. It's like, Wait, all right, but. Oh, they were complaining that like, yeah. because it didn't have that, like, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was lacking. <laughs> yeah. It was lacking, like, why is Elden Ring so successful when it doesn't do these things that that we do in our games? And it's like, because it's a phenomenal game. That's why. You guys are painting by numbers and making games by committee and focus group when you just need to make the games that you want to make the way that you want to make them, which would yield the desired experience, not the thing that appeals to the most people and is the most accessible. Like, yeah, Elden Ring is definitely the most accessible, quote unquote, Souls game, but it's still a Souls game. It still has no difficulty. It still has a a white knuckle level of challenge, depending on how you play it. You can level that out if you want to, or you can make it as tough as nails. Like I said, I, I beat the game at like level 205, 206. A lot of people are finishing the game at like 150, 140, 130. But I didn't want to do that to myself. I didn't want to have to work that hard for the ending. I, I mean, I also beat Millennia, who is the hardest boss in the game. Did it in half a dozen tries where people are, you know, I did it for five hours. I did it for two hours. I did it. I, I fought her 200 times before I beat her. It's like, you don't have to do that. So, but that's another thing that makes Elden Ring great is that you can get the experience that you want from it if you know how to play it. Like you don't have to depend on the developer to give you a preset for the experience that you want. It's their vision, it's their product. You go in, you sign a contract, 
that you're going to submit to the will of the artist. And that's what I do with every game that I play. You know, I don't use codes. I don't, well, I don't have a PC yet, but when I get a PC, I'm gonna be mine. But only after I complete a game the way that it was intended. And like, just to give back on what makes Elden Ring special, like I've, I've said it before, it's it really encompasses what I believe the industry has been working toward since the transition to 3D. I feel like Elden Ring is the 3D version of the most classic 2D games that have ever been made. Like it's, if Super Ghouls and Ghosts in Castlevania were in 3D, I feel like that kind of shit would be what Elden Ring is. I feel like if there were no technical hurdles, hardware limitations, or a learning curve involved with going from 2D to 3D game development that Elden Ring would have been the first game that would have been made. So it's it's been a long time coming and it's, it is truly an achievement. It's truly a masterpiece, worthy of all the praise, worthy of all the scores. And yeah, uh, I'm not going to do a new game plus, at least not at this point in time, gonna take a breather, play some other stuff and then come back, start that second character and really lean in to using the spells, making that, that battle mage slash witch blade that I wanted to make at the outset, which, you know, brings me to another point in that even though I completed Elden Ring, I have no issue admitting that I played it wrong. Instead of going in and leaning into my build, solving the problems necessary to make it work for my desired experience, like I just discussed earlier, I instead just fell back on the tried and true tactics that I always use. I got my shield, I got my sword, and I hid behind my shield while swinging my sword when, whenever appropriate. And while that got me from the beginning to the end of the game, that wasn't the way that I wanted to get there. And I really didn't, I really didn't lean into what these games are all about, which is picking your path and making it work figuring it out so in that regard that's that's the only that's the only shortcoming and that's only on my end so you know i'm gonna start the second character get it in co-op shape get ready to, to hook up with the amc and just fucking beat down these bosses <laughs> running through this world taking things out completing these quest lines you know I, i'm definitely looking forward to completing quest lines and getting items that I missed the first time around, getting way more into the fashion souls aspect. And yeah, man, just seeing what else this game has to offer. I scoured as much of the map as I possibly could. I looked things up. I, I found a lot of places that I missed on, on my various runs. I mean, I have uh, 38, 34, or 35 out of the 42 trophies, like pretty damn close to the platinum. Honestly, I just have to get a, a few endings, complete some quest lines, and that'll be it. I'm not going to consciously go for the platinum. It's still a Souls game, and I, I just don't have that in me. <laughs> but overall, it's one of the finest games I've ever played in my life. It will have a permanent place in my greatest games of all time lists. And I look forward to whatever From Software is cooking up next. Hopefully that's Armor Core 6. And hopefully they're taking everything that they learned and achieved with these soul style games and putting that into Armor Core because if they can do 
for Met Games, what they did for these just dark fantasy, gothic, medieval games, then yeah, they will once again be the kings of yet another genre. They'll just breathe so much life back into that. Uh, but AMC, what have you been playing? I have been playing two games this week. Well, no, three. Played uh, some more moving out. Um, nothing really new there. We're I think we're near the end. Um, surprisingly, the, the story has been kind of fun and <laughs> moving out. Like there's a point where we were questioning some of our actions in the game. And then um, the characters then actually start like questioning it narratively. And then you realize like, oh, there's something fucked up going on here. And then the story kind of takes off. So I'm kind of liking that there's a, a plot to us within a game that is focusing on people who move stuff in and out of houses. So that's been fun. Um, also play a little more Elden Ring. Um, not much new to say there. I will say I, so I mentioned last week that I was like thinking about dabbling in um, God, like the faith side of, uh, of the game and doing the incantations. And so I started putting a, po- a couple points there, bought like a few of the incantation spells and um, didn't really use them though. And then I, but it was like one of those things that there are different like spells here. And I, I kind of want to be more of a, a well-rounded mage as opposed to just focus solely on sorcery. So, um, you know, kept like dabbling in it, but not nothing really. And then it finally paid off because I got to a, you know, like one of those, um, I guess like mini bosses that are just out in the world. I wouldn't even know what you call them, but uh, I get, I get to a, was it a minor or what is it, like a minor earth tree? I don't know what the hell I thought it was called. But anyways, there's That's exactly this, what it's called. Okay, yeah. So a minor <laughs> earth tree, and there is a mini boss dude just you know doing his thing, like <laughs> just roaming around it, protecting, and, <laughs> protecting it. And then uh, a part of me is like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I got like I got I just got this dope summon because I cleared out a, a tomb <laughs> or a cave. And so I'm gonna take my summon and I'm gonna I'm gonna fight his bitch ass and I'm gonna fuck his ass. <laughs> yeah. And so I immediately I go in and um I'm using my sorcery and it's you know it's slowly chipping away, but it's not doing that much damage. The the minion though, the the summon is handling business, but he eventually gets taken out and I get killed in one shot. So I'm like, all right, but I felt like I was doing good. But then I decided, all right, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go uh incantation instead of um the spells like magic mm-hmm. and so then i go in and the thing with the incantations is as far as as of right now there's a focus on flame and so i did the flame attack on that earth tree minion and it fucked it up <laughs> like pretty bad and so i was like uh, oh damn. okay okay so this is like the benefit of like you know having other spells outside of like uh, you know focusing on a more well-rounded i guess mage as opposed to like a focused mage at least at this portion of the game so because of that i beat it on my second try yes um and so that got, was awesome got them got them crystal tears yeah i have no idea what they're <laughs> what they're for how i use them but i got them. Uh, so that's something that i'll have to learn <laughs> eventually yes um yeah, I guess what not to be confused with sacral tears or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I got that. So yeah, I, I'm I, I'm not a ton, but I am carrying a couple items where I'm just like they're just in the inventory, but I'm not really sure what's going on. I did use on your recommendation. I did use that blessing and got that shit out of my system. Yeah. <laughs> got that, that poison 5%. out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah um, and so yeah, I just just did that. Didn't play a ton. I, I will say I played actually a little bit more of a Hades this week. It's just there you go. It's the perfect game for um when I have downtime at work. I'm working from home. I got like 30 minutes or 20 minutes to to just 
do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. And so Hades is like the perfect game for that. You just clear a couple stages, maybe fight like a boss, and then and then uh yeah, take a break. And the beauty of you know that quality of life save option is I can just hop right back in where I left off. And so um because of that, I've been putting in a little more work in Hades. Um and at this point now, what I've been doing is I pretty much like played enough with the uh the gun. I forgot what it's called. But um, so then I switched over to the fists, <laughs> completed a couple of runs with that, uh, with the different go. like heat levels. And basically that's what I've been doing. I've been doing the different um, heat levels in order to get like those, you know, the diamonds and all those unlocks, the, the Titan's blood. Um, so beat, did a couple of runs with the, the fists. Then I um, now I've just done a couple of runs with the shield. So I might change it up now to another weapon. Might go with the uh, the sword since I saw a dub hell in business with that. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, but like uh, it's that's one thing. Like what I will say about the game is that like it, it's um I guess you find like your the thing that you want to spe- focus on, but then once you get to a certain point where like I'm not even like you were saying like you you're not even like phased by Hades anymore. Like that's where I'm at right now, and it's literally pr- pretty much because of all the at this point like all the unlocks and like just all the different like duos that like might possibly pop up at this point. Like there's so many I've put so many um. I guess points or whatever the, the shade, the nightmare, whatever that currency is called. Mm-hmm. I, bought, I bought so much of that stuff in the mirror that now my character is so like just OP that you just give me any weapon without like any of the, the, the upgrades and I'm still handling business. It's absolutely awesome. Yes. So yeah, because of that, like I'm just trying out the different, like just weapons and having a blast with them. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll, I've exhausted all of that. I still haven't completed the story, so I'm not sure how many runs I need to do, but I'm like, I feel like I'm damn near around like 10 complete run completions and I'm still not done with the game. Yeah, but, you're getting close. Yeah, um, but I am learning about it and just enjoying enjoying the story or like a roguelike, enjoying the story and how it's presented and how they decided to go about that process of presenting it. Um, so yeah, just enjoying Hades, uh, but let's let's get into this A-Dub. Let's get into these topics of the week. Well... Oh yeah, what you got? I was, I did play another game. Oh uh, yeah, what's that? I got into some seafood. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like left that off the table. Yeah, how yeah. I, I completely forgot. I, I didn't play much of it, but uh, okay. no, it did. It did make an impression on me, even though it doesn't seem that way. However, yeah, physical edition arrived a few days ago. Then yeah, popped it in, got updated. I'm playing on the normal difficulty, as that one is described as the way that the game originally shipped. So I want to see why so many people are like, oh, it's so it's so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to see what that was about. And I got to say, I can see why certain people would find it difficult. However, for someone like me who's been waiting for this kind of game for a very long time, the basics, I have those down. Um, the more nuanced elements of combat, that's going to take a little while. And then, of course, there are the mechanics that you eventually unlock on your on your coins or whatever that system is where you you have the temporary unlock and then you have the permanence so working on that uh, i finished the first level at, at age 35 because once those big guys came in with the grab move it was like I, I just i can't see it coming and i can't like switch over to my dodge but eventually that's gonna get in my system but yeah i absolutely love the game i'm having just amazing sequences where 
you know, people just show up and I'm, I'm handling it. Just block, pop, pop, block, sweep, get out, ground and pound, get back up, get the stick, beat that ass stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Like did that whole hallway sequence and almost went through that virtually unscathed. I got to get better at seeing people throwing shit at me. Um, man, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I can see why people had a hard time with it. I don't think I'm going to have a hard time. Hands down, the best intro tutorial in a game ever. I, I will say that. That's the, the way that they bring you into the story, introduce you to your character, and then teach you the basic mechanics in the opening credits. Crazy. That's, that's just innovative design. So, you know, I, I plan to eventually get into more of that. Ideally, I would like to keep chipping away at my backlog. I mean, I know I need to, I have to go back to Horizon Forbidden West. I'm heavily debating whether or not I'm just going to start the game all over again. It's going to be a bit jarring. Really? I, yeah, because for, it's, and I put like 30 or 40 hours into it already, but it's just, it's been so long since I played it and it's very jarring coming to a game like that after playing something like Elden Ring for this amount of time Damn, between those two games over 200 hours and whatever time I put in the Gran Turismo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that much time I could have finished my CPA exams. Um, yeah. Is, I, I don't know what I'm going to do about Horizon, but I'm going to do something because I'm looking very forward to seeing the continuation of Aloy's story and figuring out what happens to this new world. But AMC, as you alluded to earlier, Let's get into these topics of the week. Top, yeah, topics, topics of the, of the week. week. Let me lead off, Ada. I'll start. I'll, yeah, I'll hit you. Hit you. Hit you with a little bad news. This may hit you in, in your left and right ventricle. The long delayed Prince of Persia remake has a new studio. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the hell they're doing over at Ubisoft, <laughs> but they're trying to get this Prince of Persia remake together. And I guess whoever was handling the situation, it was uh, handle. It was their India-based studio in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. Now it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, according according to the the release, it's coming from George Yang over at IGN. This decision is an important step. And the team building upon the work achieved by Ubisoft Pune and Ubisoft Mumbai will now take the time they need to regroup on the scope of the game to deliver you the best experience for this remake of an all-time classic when it's ready. So I uh, think you guys remember when the Prince of Persia remake was revealed. It did not have a very warm reception because it did not look like it was being remade at all. It looked more like a remaster. I was like, what the hell are you doing? The Prince of Persia is supposed to be a remake. So I guess Ubisoft took that reception to heart. And after it being delayed, and they finally decided, hey, maybe we should put this in different hands. AMC, what's your take on the situation? Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably they just realized, like, you realize a, a developer is fucking up, <laughs> dropping the ball. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we got we to gotta take this from your hands now. And I mean... Um, I, I guess not the worst thing. It's going to what, Ubisoft Montreal, uh-huh. so, um, and I believe that they were they originally made it. I'm trying to double check that, but they made the original one. So, I mean, uh, if it's going back into like the proper hands, I think that that's 
that's that's the right choice <laughs> i they maybe they just wanted to see like what this studio was capable of and then when they started struggling and then you know and then when they sent them back to the drawing board and they probably came back with something that was still subpar it was like all right we need to now take this from your hands yeah um and so it's unfortunate for them because that is definitely you know a black eye on that studio but mm-hmm. thankfully um i don't think there's anything that's really connected to them <laughs> for us to really be worried about like oh they're also working on this game too yeah. well, fuck, that game's fucked yes. so, and also this is a remake so it's not it's not like a thing where it's like this needs to be out today <laughs> yeah um yeah so it's kind of like one of those things like just whenever you get it out get it out and make sure that it's everything looks good and it's something that is worth revisiting uh and so yeah i i have no problem with this um it's it's unfortunate hopefully that means that uh that this game will now be that will now look good the next time we see it but i'm now expecting not to see this game for a while (laughs) hey i take i take it as a good sign because it's they could have very easily just let mumbai finish it and put that shit out and just like whatever give us our money instead they're putting it a what should be more capable hands. And that says to me that they actually care about this project and want it to be the best that it can be. So looking forward to seeing some new progress in the new hands. And hopefully it looks way better than it did when it was revealed. <laughs> Otherwise there is serious trouble. Yeah. And uh, uh, just to confirm, yeah, Ubisoft Montreal, they, they were, they worked on the originals. So it's basically going back home. And that's probably exactly why they decided to make this change. And in the meantime, Ubisoft Massive is working on their Star Wars game, which we still haven't seen. So, you know, things are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into this next story, A-Dub, and the next topic of the week. Ta- topic of the week. Yes, yeah, it was a very slow week, but we, so we, slow. We, we pulled some stories. Uh, let's see. So we got here. We got uh, a date now for Summer Games Fest. So now things are starting to line up. We had discussed last week that um, Microsoft had announced that the Xbox Bethesda Games uh, showcase would be Sunday, June 12th. So things are starting to, you figure they pick that date, things are going to start lining up around that, um, especially with E3 not being around. And so we get now word from Jeff Keighley that the Summer Games Fest showcase We stream live on Thursday, June 9th. So this may, you can look to this as possibly the introduction to that week of, uh, you know, game announcements. Um, In addition, it will also be shown in select IMAX theaters. So you can go out, maybe if they sell alcohol, meet up with the homies, Mm -hmm. go stay in the theater, throw popcorn whenever they Mm -hmm. shoot. Whenever they show, uh, was it Kojima? <laughs> whenever, whenever they mention microtransactions, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you can do all that shit. Um, let's see, we got some time. Summer Games Fest showcase. You enjoy? You have an ice cream right now, you do? The Summer ice Games cream. ice cream. It sounded like uh, you eating from a bowl. <laughs> oh no, I'm drink, drinking a beer. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, let's see, Summer Games Fest showcase will be shown at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. UK, which is it'll be june 10th <laughs> or whatever and yeah anyway so yeah it'll be early morning on um on thursday that's pretty crazy um yeah yeah awesome. so yeah it's great he said that there'll be announcements reveals all the good stuff that we can expect last year i believe we got the gameplay reveal of elden ring so oh. we know that jeff Kelly does have some pool and you know they're i'm sure 
the big developers or you know at least publishers um they'll have their games but you know there's plenty of other games that could be announced here is there anything that you could think of a dub that might get shown here gameplay wise that we've been looking forward to or even like an uh i mean it's possible we see gameplay for perfect dark but that would be the xbox thing uh what kind of stuff could we possibly see you think kojima shows up with anything new from his next project maybe a name okay and like at most a cinematic teaser i doubt that he's showing off i doubt that he's showing off gameplay um i i imagine a lot of indies there will probably be something very compelling within that mix because there always is i doubt we're gonna see what sucker punch is doing next not anytime soon Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's my my mind has just been clouded by dreams of Starfield, and that's all I care about. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I can't really speculate on what might be at Summer Games Fest because I haven't even I haven't even thought about like what's what's next, like, what could be coming next. Mm-hmm. We just had this Cube One where we got amazing games. We know what's coming later this year. We were reassured by Sony Santa Monica that God of War Ragnarok. Is coming, so maybe we'll see more Ragnarok gameplay. Yeah, especially because, like, when you look at at least like with E3, it was a good place for you know those third party developers to find a slot within you know within Sony or Microsoft to you know showcase one of their games. And we'll see what Microsoft has planned, especially focusing on their first party studio studios and maybe some of their like you know relationships with third party developers. But um, yeah, Jeff Keighley's event without E3 there might be a place for some of them to show up. And like, as you're saying, like Ubisoft, if they don't end up having their own like separate showcase, which they used to do at E3, we might see something from them there. And just, you know, some of those other developers, EA, who knows. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because Jeff Keighley and my headphones just went out. Give me a second. And we are back. I need, I need to stop using these headphones with batteries. <laughs> they just like cut out every now and then. Dude, uh, my parents, everything battery operated, battery operated trash can. Like, come on, man. So <laughs> at some at some point in time, trash just doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Get a foot, a foot operated trash can like a normal human being. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you know, my neighbors, uh, multiple times I've had to break into their house. Because uh, they have a battery operated like lock, you know, one of those ones like where you can like, you know, put in like a code or whatever. And then so you don't have to like use a key to get into your door. But the thing with that is, though, is when the battery goes out, that shit just stays locked. (laughs) Like you can't put in a key to it. You can't you can't like there's no, you know, um, I guess like what is it like when it cuts off and there's just like a little extra like power saved just in yeah. case for emergency. There's none of that. Your door just stays locked and there's nothing you can do. <laughs> um, and so I've had to like break into the house multiple times so that, that they could then do whatever they do on the inside of the house to get like the battery changed for the door. So uh, yeah, yeah, I that battery power shit. I mean, come on. <laughs> so- <laughs> Unless battery tech makes a significant leap in the near future, there is no point to having anything battery operated except for a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a car, like your television remote, portable devices, things that you can take with you that, you know, you don't necessarily depend on. But I'm, I'm so against battery operated stuff. Things to just, shit should just work. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, that's that's my mini rant for the day. <laughs> I guess my last question would be then for this. So we're seeing what Summer Games Fest June 9th, Xbox is gonna be that Sunday, June 12th. Do you think Sony shows up around this time? Or you think they kind of do their own thing again? You know, let us wait a little bit. Cause so, you know, we, we gotta see eventually we're gonna see God of War. It's just a matter of when they want to showcase that. Yeah. And so I know last year they were kind of like, we're going to do our own thing. When we want to talk, we'll talk. You, you feel like they're going to keep that route? Or you think they show up with everybody else around this time? I think they keep that route. They're trying to, they're trying to stand out from the pack. And, you know, especially with the derision around everything they do and Jim Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> they they got to do stuff to continue to make themselves stand out as like the the brand, the place that you go for quality and exclusives and just that top-notch third-person cinematic experience. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean I, I need I need Microsoft to fucking put some shit out. <laughs> All these studios ain't no games coming out. The hell. <laughs> I mean, if you, if Starfield is the game to end all games, then you'll have that to play for the rest of your life. Uh, Elden Ring is that though. <laughs> you already beat that. You already beat that, Ado. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna beat it again. I'm gonna beat it with you. <laughs> You're gonna be waiting. <laughs> nah, yeah. Start. Hopefully, I um one day. I hope I live long enough to find my forever game. Just the game <laughs> that I can play to add infinitum and. Just into like I want to die playing playing the game, <laughs> or like with the hand of my wife, whichever comes first or last. I don't know. Yeah, but hopefully we see Microsoft show off some stuff that has firm release dates. I would be keenly interested in no, not No Man's Sky, but um, in Hello Games showing up and at least teasing their next product because they already had. Um, Sean Murray talking about our next game. You, you would think it's impossible. It was like, all right, show me some. Like you put out No Man's Sky, which was seemingly impossible, and then you put out Last Campfire, which was very possible. So it'll be interesting to see what their next idea is. I'm all ears and all eyes for it. So yeah, anything you're trying to see, AMC? Uh, I mean, if Ubisoft doesn't have their thing, then yeah, I would. I want to see what their what their massive studio is working on as far mm -hmm. as like that star wars game because it i know we'd gotten at least the announcement that they were working on the star wars game at i felt like a while ago um maybe no, a year or two. <laughs> yeah so if we could see something at least like a a teaser or if anything because we don't even know what property within star wars they're going to be focusing on i know like the early speculation was like mandalorian at the time but i mean we got we got that Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming. I mean, they could go any route that they want. And then there's just been so many announcements as far as like Amy Hennig's working on something and, you know, David Cage is working on something. Um, in the, you can already imagine that you know, EA is working on the the sequel to Fallen Order. Um, so yeah, it's a, they could go so many places. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just super curious to see what they're working on. Dude, if um, Respawn shows off Fallen Order 2, I might lose my mind. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah Fallen order, but better. <laughs> God, 
damn, that's gonna be crazy. Damn, like damn, damn. the the same old the same Jedi powers, new Jedi powers, yeah. new levels of Jedi power, mm-hmm. even even better melee combat with that lightsaber just dancing. Oh man. <laughs> better more enemies, better AI. I might I might have to fire up Fallen Order and play with that 60 frames per second for a minute. Yeah, oh, I love that game. So did you ever play it? No, I never played it. There's two games that I'm tempted, like that I've been like just looking at. It's Fallen Order, and then the other one is <laughs> Red Dead 2. Like I've mm. been I've been looking at it and it's it's always on sale for like ridiculous prices. And a part of me is like sitting there and it has like the PS4 on there, and it's like, are they gonna do like a PS5? Like Red Dead 2? Like, <laughs> should I should I wait for that to see if it happens, or should I just jump right into this PS4? Because yeah, you know they're gonna charge you. Yeah, yeah uh so like there's a part of me that's like i've waited this long so should i wait for that to see if they end up doing a ps5 version but then you can always end up waiting your entire life and it wasn't like the game was like looked bad <laughs> and so it only probably get like a some upscaling on the ps5 so who knows i might i might just do that but yeah those are the two games that i've been eyeing lately damn oh well red dead 2 is quite the investment i i mean damn I, I would have to say Fall in Order just because it's been so long since a great Star Wars game has come along. And like, what, uh, like that's to me, Fall in Order is the best Star Wars game since Super Star Wars on Super Nintendo. And it, it captures that aesthetic too. Like, that's like if Elden Ring is the the 2d game made 3d then fallen order is the 2d star wars made 3d but like, mm-hmm. that's how good it is to me and of course it's a soul's like who would have thought <laughs> one of the greatest game designs ever created miyazaki is a fucking visionary <laughs> all right um let's Tell get into our, let's get into our next topic of the week Hot topic of the week. What you got, Ed? I'm going to tell you what I got. Final Fantasy 16 is what I got. Mm. Look, just a little bit of, of breaking news. Uh, we already know that Final Fantasy 16 is in the final stages of development. It has also been mentioned that Final Fantasy 16 has a finished trailer, uh, but it's been delayed due to various circumstances. To expound on this point, uh, the blurb says we have a finished trailer, but due to various circumstances, its release has been a bit delayed. I reckon it'll be coming out very soon, though. So who knows what a, a Square Enix soon really means. However, they've been stressing to people that this game is, initially when it was revealed, it's further along in development than you think. Then it's at the final stages of development, like, what, a year or two later, or a year later, maybe. I forget. Was it last year when they revealed Final Fantasy 16? I feel like it was. Last year at E3. Well, who knows? I'll have to fact check that. But yeah, they revealed it, said it's further along than you think. Now it's in the final stages. Now they have a trailer done. It'll be out soon, though. So, I mean, I'm not going to put my money on a 2022 release date, although that would be phenomenal. But yeah, I definitely see it coming out sometime next year. AMC. Do you even remember what the what Final Fantasy 16 looks like with that Devil May Cry style combat? Um, yeah, I, no, I mean it's been a minute. Uh, I just remember people were saying it was like you know harking back to like in 
I guess like was it the medieval like like Final Fantasy like look? Yes. Um, but other than Which that, I'm um, all about. It's it's been a minute. I am happy to hear though that they're saying that they're doing serious. You know, the, what was it? The Final Fantasy 15. They had a whole event, I believe, with like Greg Miller, where they announced the date, and then they ended up delaying that date. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole event, like where they had like people in like a theater, <laughs> and like made you watch something for like an hour to then reveal the date at the very end. That's how big Final Fantasy is, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they ended up delaying that, which, and then I believe it was a Kingdom Hearts that took like forever to come out. So the fact that they are saying that this game is pretty much done, it's um, good on them. <laughs> good on them. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, like to, you know, to have like a, I guess a, a reasonable development, like <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I remember seeing it. I mean, it, it Visually, it's there. I'm not too fond of the combat that they're embracing for this game with their fucking air juggling combos and shit. It's straight up double A cry. So, but Final Fantasy. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe within those mechanics that they're showing off, I'll be able to get the experience out of it that I want because that's what I do with games. Just because they show you something or it looks a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that's the way that you have to play it or that's the experience that you're going to have. So, you know, I'm always down to give it a chance to mainline Final Fantasy. I want desperately to get back into the Final Fantasy franchise. I just need the right game to do it with. Preferably, I want something turn-based. I want something Octopath-like, but, you know, square. And all the things that they're doing these days, which will bring us into a later topic of the week, you know, they're just all over the place. So we'll see what's going on with that. AMC, any words, any final words on Final Fantasy 16? Nah, I pretty much said what I said. Good to hear that they're positive in um, their development of this game. And hopefully, hopefully though, the next the next time we see this game, hey, that could be Summer Games for us. Um, but the next time we see this game, yeah, we'll have, a, I guess, a more in-depth gameplay reveal and it will change my tune because... That has definitely happened to me. Unfortunately, I have a weak spot for Final Fantasy where <laughs> I pretty much 12 was the last one that I enjoyed. And then after that, it's just been downhill for me. 13, 13 was I was supposed to skip it. And then I was, was supposed to skip it. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like I've been told by multiple people, there was that whole controversy because what it was on this was that the first one that was a uh, multi-platform and so I was like, oh, well, because it's on Xbox, like now we can't like have back, was it back, backwards progression? Backtracking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was more linear. Well, I have no idea. I just remember that game was, had all types of issues. People just hated it. And I kept saying like, I'm not going to play this game. And then as I, t- I mentioned in like a previous episode, I just saw it on sale for like 15 bucks. And I was like, fuck it. <laughs> and I bought it and then I played it and I was so heavily annoyed with all the characters Especially like, you know, it was like, it sucked too, because it's like, you got a black dude with a fro in the game as one of the dudes, uh, and he has a chocobo in his hair, (laughs) and like, Mm -hmm. everything there in a likable character, but all the other ones were just so, so bad, especially coming from a person who like, loves anime, and like, just like, you know, cheese and emotion, like over emotion, um, but that game was just too much for me and the gameplay wasn't right. And yeah, I fell off of it. 15. I was, um, 
it was like, okay, all right, all right. I kind of like these characters. I kind of like this world. I like this. Kind of like that boy band aesthetic. Yeah, like these four dudes, like just driving in a car. The homies on the road trip. Fishing and doing shit. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, yeah, cook, yeah cooking that, that day night cycle. It was like a, a lot of new stuff that they didn't have in other Final Fantasy games. Uh, played that. And it was one of those, it was weird. It was my experience was I completely loved like the first half of the game. And then I just, it started to wear. And then by the end of the game, I, I had no idea what, like what was going on story wise. And I just beat the game and I was like, I will never think of this game ever again <laughs> yeah, like I, I, damn. yeah I, I, I couldn't even tell you i couldn't like at this point i couldn't tell you the final boss battle or anything that happened i just know that i beat it and i just moved on with my life um and so yeah after that taste of like final fantasy 13 and 15 um probably should have played 14 because apparently it's like the greatest game in the world it has it's, it's the game of many lives um yeah, yeah. One of my friends still plays that yeah uh and so yeah 15 because of the way it felt, I just, you know, when 16 was announced, I was like, you, you got to like set a pretty high bar for me to then be like, all right, I'm going to hop back in. And I didn't see that, but that I felt like that was years ago, maybe a year ago, whenever they revealed that. And so this would now be the time to show it again. And when I see that gameplay reveal, if they've made whatever, I don't know if it's not changes, but at least added some more content that would be more engaging, they might get me back in, but I'm trying to hold on strong here. And not play just any old Final Fantasy game. They need to. They need to. I guess win me back, or you know, just keep doing you and you have your fans. You'll you'll continue to sell millions. But as far as like me personally being into that franchise, it's it's they got to do a lot for me to get me back in. Likewise, let's hey, get Dub. to our next topic of the week. Topic, topic of, of the week. week. So as you had mentioned, Square Enix staying in the news out outside of Final Fantasy. Um, and this this being a, an acquisition from the Embracer Group, a dub. We you know we've been talking all about the acquisitions, and whenever acquisitions are brought up, we only talk about Sony and Microsoft and who they're going to acquire because everything is centered around you know what is it uh, the console war, and so these are the only like people that are focused on acquisitions. But literally, we know that there's this one group that has been acquiring everything. And to the point, you know, it's the art, the artist formerly known as THQ Nordic. Mm-hmm. At that time, they had purchased just all these games and people were just like, so they, they announced all this shit. They purchased all these, these franchises, but like, is this even like feasible what they have planned? And lo and behold, they're still not done with their acquisitions because AW, we learned that Embracer Group has acquired from Square Enix, Crystal Dynamics. Goddamn. Adas Montreal. Oh, Lord. And Square Enix Montreal. Jesus Christ. Which includes a catalog of IPs, including Tomb Raider. Oh. Deus Ex. Uh, Thief. Mm. Legacy of Kane. What? And more than 50 back catalog games from Square Enix Holdings, whatever that means. With On top of that, they acquired uh, 1,100 employees across the three studios and eight global locations. And a dub, all of this is at the whopping price of three hundred million dollars. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's, it's like, uh, was it like Doctor Evil? Like one million dollars, and they all just start laughing at him. And he's like, uh, I mean, one billion dollars. Um, yeah, th- that's what it, that seems to be the case right here. Three hundred million, but who knows? Um, they went into, they explained all of that. There's, there's so much here. I mean, Square Enix. 
let's see here. They're they're just breaking it down. They said the embracer embracer's upcoming content pipeline includes more than 230 games, more than 30 triple A games. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and, and that's like that's uh, they have. 14,000 employees, uh, 10,000 engaged game developers, 124 internal studios. Um, with this transaction, with this uh, transaction, uh, the U.S. will then become Embracer's number one country as far as uh, game developers, with Canada being number two. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's insane. Um, and yeah, as as we mentioned, the huge franchises. They also mentioned within this, uh, within you know, the release that. With Tomb Raider, between Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, Tomb Raider has sold um, 88 million within its franchise. Um, uh, and in Deus Ex, 12 million, which doesn't seem right, but I guess 12 million is what it is. I um, think it seems right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, they acquired Tomb Raider, is what you're saying. Um, so, A Dub, let's, let's discuss. There's, there's so many routes here. I had like specific questions, but you can hit so many bases. You could come at this from the angle of Square Enix. Obviously, you mentioned that that price doesn't make sense at all, especially based on the other acquisitions that we've seen from this year alone. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'll just let you go. Free uh, free thought. What do you think, Ado? Well, it's like it, one of the Tomb Raiders cost that much to develop and market. And you mean to tell me you got 50 games, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and their respective studios for $300 million. Like, I feel like Microsoft paid more than that for Obsidian and In Exile. And those were like, what do they put out? <laughs> like, what do they really have going for them? Like, these are some tentpole franchises and stuff. like that. I don't know. Hey, whatever. Like, like we talked about in the pre-show, I, I haven't seen the balance sheet. <laughs> I don't know the numbers. Maybe that's what they're worth. Maybe that's what they're valued at. I feel like Embracer got an amazing deal, especially since it kind of didn't click for me that they bought the studios as well. Or, yeah, that they bought the studios as well. I thought they just bought the games. So with the studios, like, they got a massive amount of talent that they're going to be able to just keep making those games. So it's not like you're going to see a decrease in quality for those titles since the people who make them are also a part of the deal. And so yeah, the next Tomb Raider, the next Deus Ex, the next Thief, hopefully the one thing I want more than anything, if they can just remake Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, I think that'll, that could be their Elden Ring. And not in the sense that like they're the same kind of game, but just in the sense that Blood Omen, is on such a scale and it's just so uniquely dark and foreboding in its tone that it would, it would fall into the same parallel as what Elden Ring brings to the table, but it would just be so different and so unique that I think it would, it would be a great game to put in front of this new generation of gamers. You know, now that we have the success of things like Dark Souls and Elden Ring and people really, like that dark, gothic, just gritty, foreboding experience. So that would be awesome. I'd like to know what the 50 back catalog games are, just to get an idea. Um, insofar as Embracer, I mean, God, they're bigger than Activision, which is crazy because Activision just got swallowed by Microsoft. <laughs> and it's like, man, it's 
you know, people are throwing around the word monopolies. That, that's not how monopolies work. Monopoly is the absence of competition and they don't even make a console. So, and they don't own the rest of the industry. There's still plenty of independent developers. There's still plenty of, you know, third party developers. Yay. Yeah. Sony, Microsoft, there's so many publishers out there. Yeah, like when Microsoft decides to, per, well, when Sony decides to sell to Microsoft, then we can start talking about a monopoly because it's it's not, there's so Nintendo, much content. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so much content coming from so many different sources. And it's like, there's no way anybody's going to be able to buy up the entire industry. However, there's only three consoles. So if that gets cut down to two, <laughs> then we have a problem. So yeah, quit throwing around Monopoly. It's not a Monopoly. You can't throw around a Monopoly every time somebody buys something. Sony's not making a Monopoly with Bungie. Microsoft isn't making a Monopoly with Activision. And Embracer's not making a Monopoly by buying a portion of Square. So we're still good. They're still a Square. They're going to focus on Japanese games and NFTs and blockchain. <laughs> the cloud. <laughs> the cloud and whatever. Square, ever since the merger with Enix, Square has just decayed from the inside. Like they used to be, they used to be the gold standard of RPGs. Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore. Final Fantasy, all the way up through six, seven, I'll give you seven, whatever. People love seven. Six is the best one. Don't at me. <laughs> and just, oh man, Chrono Trigger. It's like, how do you go from that legacy, that pedigree to what Square is now? Avengers and <laughs> and not even Avengers in the sense of, oh, it's a live service game. Just Avengers in the sense that it could have been a better game. They could have done. They could have done more. Like I, it had the look, it had the mechanics, but it just all didn't come together the way that it could have to be that top-notch experience that people want. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, Parasite Eve, where's that stuff? Vagrant Story, like come on, we never got a Vagrant Story too. So whatever, there they sold off their Western studios. The Western studios apparently weren't performing to their liking, and. You know, that's understandable when your liking is based off of internal forecasting model that incorporates Metacritic scores in what you would expect a franchise to make. That doesn't work. You can't think if your game gets a certain score that it's going to sell a certain number of copies. That's just not how shit works. However, the leadership in Square couldn't figure that out. And they think the studios are the problem instead of themselves. They should have sold themselves. However, they didn't. So Embracer gets to walk away with this steal of a deal. And hopefully all these franchises get to enjoy a second life under new leadership that will likely give these games the time and attention that they deserve. Embracer also inherits a great deal of talent by purchasing those studios that hopefully will share their technical know-how and expertise with the other studios under Embracer's umbrella because, you know, I've said it time again, Biomutant just needed more time and money, maybe a little more talent, but the core of the game is there and all the, like, they're always so close to just putting out a masterpiece of a game. So maybe with this acquisition, it, it, it might be a little 
closer to their grasp. AMC. Yeah, I mean, I would say like if anything, everything that you're saying is a sign that Square Enix is like looked within and said, "Yeah, we're kind of fucked up right now, and we're going to identify certain areas." Like anytime in life, when you're going through like that type of crisis, the first thing you look is all right, what do I need to cut out of my life? <laughs> and then once you go there, then it's like, and then what are we going to, what am I going to build on? And as you're saying, like there's certain developer publishers, like the whole point of a publisher, not the whole point, but a lot of publishers, they look at it as like, we just got to scale. We got to continue to scale. We got to continue to grow. And you see them like, um, like your certain the publishers, like growth model. Yeah. Like you see Ubisoft, it's like, all right, we're here in Canada, but then we got this studio in <laughs> India and then we got this studio over here and you just continue to like set these studios all around the, all around the world, which is kind of good. Cause it, it brings in a lot of talent from various regions that then can contribute, like um, that, that can contribute something that's a little different from like the different cultures. But the problem is once you get that big, you start to lose your identity and mm-hmm. um as you had mentioned, there was like that quote from the president of Square Enix where he said that, uh, let's see here, I pulled it up. Uh, Japanese studios shouldn't try to make games aimed specifically for Western players. And I think that they're looking at, like they look at, and this is right before that this whole Embracer deal goes down. So they're obviously in talks with them at that point. And they're basically like, we're getting rid of fucking Crystal Dynamics and yeah. Montreal. And I, I, I think that that was, maybe it was a shot at them, but then it was also maybe just a shot like, look, we don't do that, that type of stuff. And we thought that we're, as a publisher, we could like, you know, do all of this and still like stay true to our roots. But then once they realize like, oh no, we're kind of just becoming a jack of all trades. Um, let's get away from that. And so you see them let go of Tomb Raider. And as you said, like what looks like to be a steal from Embracer Group, but also like, as you made a point to it for Embracer Group, they're a big, a huge, massive publisher that doesn't really have an identity. They have all these studios. Like I was just looking down the rundown, like uh, they have Deep Silver, which uh, does Saints Row. Um, they have the studio that made Little Might Nightmares. They have Saber Interactive, which made Metro. Um, they merged with Gearbox, who, who does Borderlands. Um, and then, like, yeah, you just keep going down the list. And then they're adding this in. As you said, like, they have all these games coming out, but they have no signature game. And now they just added more talent. And that is maybe the thing that Square Enix, as they were looking at their issues, they're like, yeah, we're going to give them to now these guys who are more than happy to continue to do this thing of, you know, we're not really known for anything, but we're known for doing a lot of things. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it's hopefully that means Square Enix will then take this time. So I guess after the release, they are, they do have some overseas studios still uh, Square Enix. And with that, that means that um, they're going to continue to create, um, just cause outriders and life is strange through those studios. So they did hold on to some of their Western games. So maybe that is a sign of we do like these properties. And so we are going to hold on to these. But as far as Tomb Raider, maybe it was like one of those things like we want to offload Deus Ex, Legacy of Kane, all these other fran- legacy franchises. And Embracer Group was like, well, you got to sweeten the pot. And so they're like, mm-hmm. all right, we'll, we'll throw in Tomb Raider with it. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, cool. And then so like Embracer Group is like, well, then we'll take them off of your hands. Um, and so, yeah, um, we'll see uh, with them holding on to Just Cause, Outriders, and um, whatever that, my phone just went blank. Oh, and Life is Strange. <laughs> they're, seeing, they're seeing some success there. And so, yeah, they're maybe downsizing in order to then focus on their franchises. We know that, like, 
Final Fantasy 16 is definitely not one of my favorite like, games as of right now until I see more, but Final, Final Fantasy Remake was a huge hit, and um, I'm very much looking forward to that that next uh, game within that franchise. Um, there's always Final Fantasy 6 to eventually do, as you mentioned, Chrono Trigger and all these other games. And so, yeah, if they get back to their Japanese roots, maybe we start to see more of that and less of, you know, Deus Ex, a game that, was it? It was a human revolution. I, I, I only played one of those games and I played it for a few hours and I fell off of it. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have, I don't hold Eidos uh, Montreal in high regard. I know that there are people who love their games, but um, yeah, maybe they just looked at it as like, and it, it flies in the face of what's going on right now, because it seems like, like publishers, developers, they're all about trying to acquire developers. <laughs> And so for them to offload a thousand developers to another company just shows like how much they were done with like Crystal Dynamics and all of them. Like they're basically just like, get the fuck out. Um, and so, yeah, maybe it's just a sign of um, issues that they saw or at least like problems that they no longer wanted to deal with. And so they wanted to hand it off. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we'll see moving forward um, how things are going to play out for Square Enix and Embracer Group, even with all their with their 30, 230 games on the way. <laughs> Sweet Lord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but A-Dub. Yeah. Are, people, are people happy with this acquisition? <laughs> uh, so, some people are indifferent. <laughs> Others are very different. <laughs> we got Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Troll of the Week. Week, week. Yes, today's trolls are coming sideways at this acquisition, at this sell-off, at this sell-out. <laughs> First troll says, Square Enix sells Tomb Raider for a pittance to invest in scamming their clients with NFTs. Looks like a lot of franchises just got saved from Square Enix stupidity. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, a I lot mean, of truth. Yeah. A lot of truth. In that <laughs> I mean, if you hear if you hear anything NFT that you start to like raise an eyebrow from from a developer or publisher, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> but like, why though? Because it's it's not like NFTs are going to change the gameplay or the design of the game. It's just another avenue for them to make money. Put your face in the game. Well, it's funny too. Like, uh, was it a? Uh, you know, because like now I'm like knee deep in stocks. So I'm like just reading like all these like earnings calls and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the companies, Meta, uh, funny, they switched their name from Facebook to Meta. And they basically said like, um, we're going to slow down on on our investment <laughs> in our overinvestment into the, you know, the metaverse, the, the hot the hot topic, yeah. um, the buzzword. Uh, they're, they're slowing down their investment, just showing that, like, you know, this thing is a ways off and, you know, everybody's like, this is the wave of the future. But like, you know, you don't, you never want to get so ahead of yourself that you like, you get lost in the present thinking about what's going to happen in the future. And um, yeah, that's, that's, I feel that's one of those things with the NFTs. I, every, every now and then I just hear somebody like, oh, like I got this NFT for like this thing. And I, I, I know it as far as like the hardcore base, they get into that stuff, but like from an outsider, it's just like NFT, like really? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. I, I guess I'm just getting old. I don't know. And, and, and like, by the way, like 
people who are like collectors i know like as you said you got like you get your collector's editions of shit i get my collector's editions of shit oh, so nice. like nft is like once it becomes a thing then i'll be like okay these motherfuckers were right but until that day comes i'm i'm definitely like standing on the sideline watching <laughs> yeah i mean i hate to miss the boat on stuff i always like to get my foot on base at, at the outset as early as possible because no matter what the prices are going to go up they might not go through the roof but they will go up and that's just an opportunity to make money and at the same token it's also an opportunity to lose money so (laughs) i i see i see a bigger opportunity to lose money than make it with this whole nft shit but so i'll let everybody else figure it out and if people end up being billionaires off of it then hey I just missed that one. I still got my Dogecoin, still got my Bitcoin. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see where that goes. But next show is saying, this is such a bonehead decision. <laughs> well, Square wasn't doing anything with that stuff and it wasn't making money for them because they were spending way too much money to make that stuff. So they sold it to someone who's going to do things with it. Like, yeah, they they, sold, they'll put it out. We don't know what how it's going to show up, but they're going to put it out. <laughs> and, and Square sold over fifty games. Like you, you don't even know what games they sold. <laughs> like that's that should make more sense than anything. Is like, well, if they had fifty games that they weren't doing anything with that I know nothing about, then maybe Embracer would do something with them. So a bonehead decision. Yeah, maybe, maybe in you know, the mind of the gamer who's just like, you have all these things, you can make all these things, but they're running a business and the way that their business is going, those games and those studios are no longer a part of that vision. They're no longer the revenue generators that they need to be in order to remain a part of that. So they sold it to another company that can make better use of that stuff. And because of that, we're more than likely going to see things that we weren't going to see with Square Enix at the helm. So that was a bonehead thing to say. How about that? If 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 only Konami would make this this bonehead decision, <laughs> so he get some more <laughs> Castlevania games. Yeah, uh, it's Silent Hill games, uh, Metal Gear Metal games. Gear, yep. <laughs> but no, they made the right decision because they're keeping their stuff and not doing anything with it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of selling it to somebody who would do something with it, because yeah. that would be that would be absurd. <laughs> Uh, guy says that 300 mil gonna go to NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> you damn right it's going to NFTs. Uh, Who knows if if that turns out to be the thing, then Square Enix made a proper gamble. If it doesn't turn out to be the thing, then yeah, bonehead decision. However, we don't know enough to be able to make that call. So keep your armchair analyzing T. So next show says, I don't know. I think Dead might be better than in the hands of THQ Nordic. That company is a mess. Well, let's keep in mind that all the things that come out of THQ Nordic aren't developed by quote unquote THQ Nordic. They're developed by the respective developers who are in control of those IPs. Embracer didn't just buy a bunch of games. They also bought the studios that make them. So it's not like Tomb Raider is going to come out from the developers of Biomutant. It's not like, again, I don't even, I can't think of things or other things to relate them to. But basically, it's not like these games are going to be coming out of the developers that were already under 
the Embracer THQ Nordic umbrella. They're going to be coming from their respective developers. So it's just a change of ownership. It's still the same teams. It's still the same level of quality, the same tools, the same resources. All we got to hope is that Embracer slash THQ Nordic is wise enough to give them the requisite amount of time and resources necessary to get those next games at the level of quality we've come to appreciate. Next troll says they should throw Nomura in for like 300 yen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I imagine they're referring to Tetsuya Nomura. Or that, I guess that's his name, but yeah. I honestly wouldn't be opposed to such, <laughs> to such a suggestion because uh, I was talking about it online with some people and we all came to the agreement that Nomura is way too heavy on style rather than substance. And that opinion arose from the realization that Nomura, his background is in art. And I, I know a few games, a few great games that have come along when you put artists at the top of the hierarchy making the decisions. I mean, we have Darksiders and Battle Chasers, you know, these things are coming from Joe Mad. And then we also have Shank. You remember Shank, right? Shank? Yeah. Now who's Shank? Shank. It's that 2D size growing game, the guy who you kill everybody with your shanks. <laughs> and it's, it's utterly gorgeous artwork, outstanding animation. It it was awesome. And I didn't play it. I believe my brother played it. But okay. watching him, I was like, this is great. And Darksiders was also another game where it's like, okay, this is the kind of stuff you can get when art is the priority over marketing and focus testing and, uh. yeah i would i would say uh another example of that like in in a good way is kojima like he is like he is a straight up artist but he also knows how to make a video game so oh, people people so like, well. people like yeah like you laugh at death stranding when it's announced and then when you get your hands on it you're like well, fucking kojima <laughs> you figured out how to make it a, made a game. package delivery <laughs> yeah he made, he made a good game that's about being a package deliverer <laughs> yeah made amazon the game and it's fun yeah he made it oh game. my god i still need to go back i gotta get the director's cut and i need to go back to death stranding because i barely even started it. that game yeah oh, i mean like so beautiful there's norman definitely Reedus, norman fetus <laughs> like there is a way to be an artist and also make a great game it's just uh when you yeah when you focus too much on the art <laughs> and less on the substance as you said then it's like you yeah. end up getting a game where it's like well, mm. <laughs> well you, you get combat systems like kingdom hearts and final fantasy 15 where it's all about this you know, flying through the air and flash stepping all over the place. And it's like, come on, man. You guys had a great thing. People before. love Kingdom Hearts, though. <laughs> People absolutely love Kingdom Hearts for various reasons. It's got Disney characters, it's got Final Fantasy characters. And underneath it all, it is a good game. It's just, for me personally, that, that combat where it's these air combos and just all, the, you know, dashing across the stage. And it's like, just... What what's so hard about giving me final the next final the next Final Fantasy six the next Final Fantasy nine like why why are you guys still drilling in this direction that you just can't seem to get right like where's the next Vagrant story like if you're if you're gonna do, like where's my three D secret of Evermore like where are these games and it's 
it breaks my heart that Square Enix just doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore. Like, when was the last Breath of Fire? <laughs> Where are the classic games that put them in the position that they enjoyed for so long? And it's like, now we're getting, you know, Final Fantasy 13 was a good idea. I liked the way it looked. I liked the way it moved. I just feel like they, they're, they're just squandering these properties and these ideas. And I think that they're just making decisions like this because they, they don't have their identity anymore. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they are anymore. And it's kind of sad to see it, but you know, at least we have deals like this and they're well, going to the focus is, on I their think, Japan games. Well, the thing is, if you look at them, I think they're happy with their Japan games. I think yeah. it's all, the, it's all that Western shit. Their like mobile that, games and their MMOs. They're very happy with that shit. Yeah, it's no, I mean, like Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy. I think, like, they're like, these games are selling, they have audiences, they love them. I think it was all the Western stuff that was having the lukewarm reception where they're like, wait, why are we doing this? <laughs> so, they, I think that's where they're like, all right, let's get away from Tomb Raider, let's get away from Deus Ex. Like, why are we like Marvel Avengers? Like, who knows? Maybe they still, because, like, I mean, you see Marvel Avengers come out, and then what was the one? Guardians of the Galaxy, which apparently yeah. like was a good game but yeah yet, like from their perspective it was it was still like not a success and so like they they clearly like when it comes to specifically western games like i know like you're criticizing their their japanese stuff which is like because they were like the the standard but like they seem to be very their, ja their japanese stuff and the absence of their japanese stuff it seems like they're making less japanese stuff and granted, the stuff they're making is successful, but it's like, where's the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it is it in that catalog of 50 games that you just sold? Like, where is I really want to know yeah. what those 50 games it's are. Like, because if 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 Embracer came up on just some classics, oh my god, they are going to be the imprint to watch. I mean. I feel like we have to see we have to see them put out a good game before that becomes the case. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I still feel like with with them, they're like, all right, the Japanese stuff we are totally happy with, and it shows in their sales. It's clearly the Western stuff is what they were done with and they were finished with, and like just basically wash their hands with. Yeah, because they couldn't wash their hands with the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next show says, good. These Marvel games won't be ruined in their summer presentation this year again. Motherfuckers always got an axe to grind against Marvel. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it's hilarious. And then Guardians of the Galaxy ended up being a good game. So it's like you're you're happy that they won't show another good Marvel game. Okay. Yeah. You're you're clearly of sound mind. That last troll. Sony should have got this instead of trash Bungie. While I won't, while I won't subscribe to the idea that Bungie is trash because they're an outstanding developer and Destiny is an outstanding franchise, they also created Halo, which proved to the world that quality first-person shooting experiences were possible on console. No, that ain't GoldenEye. So, like, everybody was like, oh, fucking GoldenEye, bro. So, like, all right, yeah, sure. But Halo was the one that that really bridged that gap. Uh, yeah, I agree with the other sentiment in this troll post that Sony should have got this. Not instead of Bungie, 
is hey, they wanted Bungie, they got Bungie. But I think personally, I think Sony and Microsoft dropped the ball if Embracer walked away with all that for three hundred million dollars. Each of them could have done that. They could have they could have spent more, or they could have spent just as much and got that same deal. And I feel like those games would have. I feel like with Sony, those games would have had a better chance to be something as good or greater than they were before. And I, I feel like Sony also would have benefited from having that stable of exclusives, but I would say Microsoft and Sony dropped the ball. Like that's, that's a huge boom that Embracer got. It's like, how did neither of you get a, get a stab at that? And if you did, how did your decision makers come to the conclusion that it wasn't the deal that you wanted to make? Yeah, I mean, I could simply see Microsoft. So one of the big things, like whenever the acquisitions with Sony or Microsoft come up, it's like there's especially with Microsoft, there was the, the whole criticism of the acquisitions was like, well, you don't you don't have an ongoing relationship with any of these developers. It's not part of your culture. Once again, which brings you back to the point, it's Square Enix probably viewed this as like. Crystal Dynamics isn't part of our culture. <laughs> They're like something else and we need to get rid of them. And so I, I know that when Tomb Raider came out, there was the constant comparisons of Tomb Raider and um, what was it? Uncharted. Uncharted. And so if they were to pick up Tomb Raider, there would be a little sameness to that. And that's why I could see Sony maybe passing on picking up Tomb Raider. If they're, if, you know, especially if based on how the last Uncharted ended, there's highly that we could be seeing the next Lara Croft in uh, <laughs> the next Uncharted game, um, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I could totally see why Sony would pass up on this. Uh, Microsoft, on the other hand, they did have that relationship. What were there? What was it the what the first two of those uh, recent Tomb Raider reboots were timed exclusives on Xbox. So there was there was an, a relationship there at one point. They clearly they let it go with the uh, was it the rise of the, whatever that last Tomb Raider game was the third the third installment they, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, they're like fuck it. Like at that point, um, and so uh, maybe yeah, maybe from their standpoint, even they were like when they let go of that time exclusivity deal that they were you know working on with the first two games, maybe that was a sign that Microsoft had moved on with that relationship as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, once again, it's one of those things that when something's too good to be true, there might be something going on there that we're not aware of, or it could be the, the Louisiana purchase, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like people are selling it as Louisiana purchase, but you know, it could be one of those things that you find out that there's all types of ongoing issues that we're not aware of with, uh, you know, those studios and the, those properties. I think it's more positive than negative in that thing. I think Square Enix just... They don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Those are amazing IPs. Those are amazing games. They Day just, six is an amazing IP. It's an amazing IP. Yeah, one hundred percent. Is this the execution on the final product? It's fucking terrible, in my personal opinion. Not as in, not as an objective statement, but just and you, you think that you think that that was Square Enix's fault and not Crystal Dynamics or IDOS Montreal? Like. I mean, like we say all the time, people are making these things. Like there is a room full of people sitting around experiencing this product together and evaluating it on an objective basis. And they all come to the agreement that, yep, this is it. Put this on the shelf. It's like, there's nobody with greater sense 
or <laughs> greater taste. It's like, hey, maybe we should tighten this up. Maybe we should change this a little bit. Maybe we should make this a little smoother. If you don't have that going on and these products hit the shelves and they just have these issues and they get these middling review scores and they don't get the sales that you're looking for, it's, it's probably a you thing. And that's, that's leadership. Like, I think, I think the studios can make top-notch games. They clearly have the technology and the talent to do it. I mean, Tomb Raider is fucking outstanding. Thief, I've heard great things about. You know, Legacy of Kane is a classic franchise. People may not talk about it anymore, but it's, it, it, it made an impression on me when I played Blood Omen on the original PlayStation when I was, like, fucking a teenager. It's just like, I am a vampire lord roaming this, this, <laughs> this desolate country, slitting people's throats and sucking their blood at my leisure. Like, it's, it, it's all there. And there's no reason why it can't all be top notch other than the people in charge of just making shitty decisions. Um, yeah, I don't, personally, I don't think it's a problem with the studios. They're, the stuff they're putting out looks great has all the features content elements that you need for something to be great it's just the final products aren't polished and i think that just takes an outside eye or some kind of overseer and be like hey no <laughs> let's let's push this back a month and get this right i think i hope embracer will be able to do that and possess that their eye 230 games uh, 230 games. I mean, maybe maybe I need to go work for Embracer. I'm like, all right, let's <laughs> let's really start cranking out hits. <laughs> I want to play. Bring me all 230 of your games. <laughs> let me play all of them, and I will let you know what you need to do to make all of these masterpieces. But we'll see. Our inbox isn't flooded with offers and invitations just yet, but maybe somebody will see the light after they watch our gameplay videos on twitch.tv slash control issues pod, because we not only play our games to the highest degree with the utmost efficiency, but we also play the greatest games. Yes, sir. Beating the greatest games too. Oh my God. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, that is unreal. It's kind of weird because I'm neither, I'm not sad about it. Probably because I know, like, oh, I'm just going to play this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like other games, it's like, man, I wish I wish it wasn't over because I liked everything I did up to that. Like, I loved every single moment of Elden Ring. I loved every last thing I did in it. it there was nothing in Elden Ring I didn't like. And now that it's over, it's just like, this is the first time I've ever thought of playing one of these FromSoft games a second time, either in New Game Plus or, or a new playthrough. So that's an achievement in itself. Elden Ring. Oh, it's phenomenal. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're playing it so you can you can understand fully <laughs> what oh, yeah. I'm feeling. And I, I can't wait for more of your stories and experiences, especially since that'll open up the conversation since it won't be all spoilery and ruining everything that you're coming up on i can't wait i i mean the millennia one is the one where it's like i don't i don't know if i'm ready for that <laughs> but i mean you you took it down so 
I just gotta get to I level. Know, I gotta get to level two hundred. <laughs> didn't know if I would be ready for it either, and you probably have an easier time because you're you're going magic, so you can put some range between you and her. She doesn't have ranged moves like that, so yeah, if you're just pelting her with magic, you'll probably be fine. However, I think she does input read, so I don't know. <laughs> She might be dodging <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, I will say that I have come across a couple of interviews where I am tossing spells and they're just sidestepping as they're making their way towards me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, and you pull it. your shield out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. Oh, man. But yeah. I, I will say there there have definitely been some battles where I, like, I, like, I, I won't say I breezed through, but I would say I didn't have as much of a challenge. And after I beat it, I was like, if I had to fight that person, like if I was, you know, in a in a phone booth in in a phone booth with that person, that might have been a lot more tougher than what it ended yeah. up being. <laughs> yeah, you end up in some phone booths. But uh, <laughs> with Millennia, though, it was like I, like I said earlier, I just applied the mechanics of warrior philosophy and just good strategy. It was got my got my summon, and you know, after a couple of tries, I was like, okay. Clearly, this works, so I need to figure out how to make that last longer. So all I did was just stagger my attacks with my summon. So my summon would hit, and then I would hit, and we would just maintain this ongoing stream of trading off blows against her. Like, I went through her whole first phase and didn't take any damage, but was always, was always up in her face, made sure that... I stayed opposite of my summon so that she can only hit one of us <laughs> and I'm going to see it coming and I'm going to dodge the summon. You know, the summon had everything that I had and was using the bloodhound step flash stepping all over the place. I was like, yes, the summon is in that shit. <laughs> Run it, staggering her, getting the, getting the critical hit. And then when that second phase came along, she eventually killed the summon and I only had a little bit of her health to work through, mm. pulled it together, you know, kept my composure. It happened so fast that I didn't even have enough time to like freak out and get that like heart pumping handshake. Like, uh, <laughs> like couldn't get greedy. Like I had just enough time to, to stay on point. Yeah. yeah, took her down, got her armor, got her sword. <laughs> Not using her sword, even though I want to try out the weapon art on it. Fully upgraded it, but definitely running around in her armor. Uh, didn't wear her armor when I finished the game, but put it back on when I finished the game. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, what was the summon, by the way, that you were running with? So it's called a mimic tier, and what it does is it replicates you. Mm, okay. your your character with all your stats all your equipment whatever you have on and in your arsenal at the time that's what the mimic comes out as so you can use that to your benefit where you can you can say build yourself a certain way with certain equipment summon the mimic and then the mimic will have all that then you can outfit yourself in a different way <laughs> so yeah. like yeah but yeah the, me and that mimic with plus twenty five cold Uchi katanas were just <laughs> wreckage. <laughs> it was crazy. It was like it was like Goku and Vegeta versus versus Jiren. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just it just in sync, in harmony, just going, just trading back and forth. But we won. <laughs> it did. 
did Elden Ring or did From put out low key the best companion in a video game? <laughs> yourself, <laughs> yourself, yeah. Actually, the mimic, the mimic was even more powerful before because it used to heal itself and it used to be more aggressive. Mm, okay, <laughs> but they they patched it. Okay. Yeah, people were just leaning on the mimic. People still, people still lean on the mimic, but you got to be way more involved. Like I've, I've watched mine solo a boss one time because I didn't want to step into the, the lake of rot and get that scarlet rot going. And I was just sitting there watching. I'm like, hey, if the boss comes over here and tries to fuck with me, I'll fuck with the boss. But I'm not stepping in that shit. <laughs> I'm just here. Yeah, I'm just here for a sword. Yeah, when you when you see it, you'll. You'll know. <laughs> <It's> a very <laughs> proper name. I, I came across, I, I haven't dealt with it, but I was just still early on, obviously. Came into an area where I saw just a big, massive something with what looked like to be a castle on its back. Like straight out. Oh, of, yeah. Straight out of like Shadows of the Colossus. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> with a with a giant bell for a nutsack. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep, exactly. And I immediately just like, put a marker and i was like i'll deal with that later <laughs> i'm not dealing with that right now <laughs> likewise uh, i've dealt with a few of them there there's, there's one there's very interesting ones. there's one very interesting one you'll see you'll know oh <laughs> uh, okay oh shit yeah. <laughs> yeah good times good times yeah um yeah <laughs> back 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 to the rape schedule programming um any any other stories a dub i'm all out my good man all right. Well, about to order this DoorDash. I'm about to go to my mom's and tell her Happy Mother's Day. There you uh, go. Well, oh, you have any final words, they dub? Nah. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Let's run this. Well, this is Control Issues. At the See. Oh, <laughs>